This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 279 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Pokemon Go. Available for download or streaming on Monday, July 18th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. And I want to be the very best. Yeah, but you're going to have to beat me first. Th- all right, that's true. But then again, I am way ahead of you because Pokemon Go came out in North America quite a bit Quite a few days, actually like a week ahead of the UK. Yeah, but you underestimate my desperate need to win everything. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. And in the recording booth, making fun of all of us for playing the game, is Winters. Hello, everybody. All right, Kenna, what do we have coming up this week? Well, this week we trek out Elijah's report on Starfleet Academy at the Intrepid Air and Space Museum in New York City. In Star Trek Online news, well, it's been quiet since the launch of Agents of Yesterday, but Mark and I have a feeling that there are more big things just around the corner. Later, our lead artist Henry shares some of the more striking Star Trek fan art on the internet. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, don't forget to keep the conversation going on Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can also send us an email if you're so inclined, to incoming at Priority One Podcast. And finally, thanks again to all our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. Speaking of Patreon perks, this week on Priority One After Hours. Oh, are we, like, we started recording? I've started recording, yeah. And this week's discussion is Pokemon Go. Now, if you've been living under a rock, then uh, we can't help you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I totally just go. I I don't. I have no shame. I'm like, Pokemon Go, yeah, boy. You know, like that kind of. Give it. <laughs> this unscripted, uncensored, and unedited recording is available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Captains, if you are planning to go to Star Trek Las Vegas to celebrate the 50th anniversary at the Rio. We have a special event going on for Priority One fans and Star Trek fans in general. We want you to join us for some ground combat training. Pick up your phasers or laser tag rifles and join us for a night at Battle Blast Laser Tag on Wednesday, August 3rd at 7.30 p.m. Visit us on facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast because we have the event pinned to the top of the page. Yeah, and if you want to join my team or Winter's team, because obviously we're fighting each other, just, you know, (laughs) send us a tweet. We're going to annihilate you. (laughs) In your dreams. Now let's check out the Starfleet Academy experience with Elijah. I don't know. Then let's check it out. So, Elijah, I hear that you had a pretty fun weekend. As a matter of fact, I did. I had an amazing weekend uh, on July 9th. Okay, so can you just explain to our listeners where you went and why your weekend was so amazing? Absolutely. So on July 9th, I had the opportunity of experiencing, not just visiting, but experiencing Starfleet Academy aboard the USS Intrepid in New York City, right right off on the pier, right next to Pier 79, right on the Hudson River, in the, on this historic, historic aircraft carrier. First, before I begin, I, I do 
sincerely have to thank Ashley Allen, the public relations manager for the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum, uh, for being so communicative with me and, and uh, allowing me to come in uh, with the other members of the press an hour early to, to experience the exhibit. The first person that gave me a tour, her name was Molly, and she too was just amazingly excited uh, about the exhibit, about what it represented, about about the effort that, that was put into bringing this to New York City and kickstarting this exhibit, this tour, uh, right in New York City. So, so I'll give you a brief rundown, right? The exhibit is, is designed to be kind of a, of an RP experience, right? You're not going to a museum to look at you know, Star Trek props and set pieces. I mean, they're there. They're, they're certainly there. But it, it's, it's set to treat you, the visitor, as a Starfleet cadet in the 24th century. Right? So you go in. You get an RFID wristband. You log in. You sync up your login and your information with the RFID wristband. And you walk in. And, and not only is there a TOS replica display... A big one, massive one. But there's also a holographic projection of a Vulcan welcoming you, the Starfleet cadet, to Starfleet Academy. Now, the exhibit itself is split up into, I believe, seven sections. So you have things like command, communication, science, medical, navigation, and and others. And as you go through each section, you press your RFID to a touchscreen panel. And then you take a small little quiz or you participate in some type of exercise, which is really exciting. It's very interactive. Yeah, so they're trying to, to, trying to give you an experience, trying to get you in, and it's all interactive. Right, right, right. Uh, there's even a Learn Klingon panel where you're, you are, and I, I Facebook lived this, where I tried to learn Klingon with, with this panel. And so there's a guy in Klingon regalia and, and it's on the video and he's teaching you Klingon phrases and you have to repeat it. And, and how did that go? Voice recognition. Not very well. And I think a lot of that <laughs> has to do with the fact that the speakers were kind of like low quality speakers. So it was hard to even hear the video being played back. It was kind of difficult to hear. But I also don't speak Klingon. And uh, that was interesting. I encourage you to check out that humiliating experience on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast no go on tell us about the the rest of the exhibit so you you've got all these different bits and pieces where you're trying out the different sort of disciplines aren't you right right now it doesn't seem that there's any wrong answer right so if i go to the communications panel and it asks me questions about what should a communication officer do in in this particular scenario there's clearly like an answer you don't want to give but i think that the way that the the exhibit works is that depending on your answer it in the influence of which classification specialization you will end up being like that's what dictates it right so for instance if if i go to communications and it says you're about to meet a a hostile entity what do you do as communications officer? You have the option to hail them with, you know, a universal greeting, uh, ray shields, or, you know, uh, blow them out of the sky, and maybe something like send them a cake. Some answers, some answers were a little kind of far-fetched. So let's say you ray shields. That's more of a, of a command response, whereas a communications officer would be more diplomatic. Uh, and say, okay, I'm going to send a, a, a greeting, a hail in, in you know, greetings hail in, in a universal language or something like that. So anyway, uh, each panel is different. They, they also had a really cool teleporter. So you step in front of a green screen and then right beside it, there's a transporter pad that projects you onto this tube and then it beams you out. There's a video of this also on our Facebook page. It was really cool. So it makes you into like it makes you into a hologram kind of right it makes you into the hologram that's it makes so you into cool a, yeah it is it's really exciting okay so you're doing all of these bits and pieces and then it's, presumably it's recording it on your little rfid tag correct correct okay and, and then what's what's the point at the end of it the, here's the thing right you go through all of these exhibits and it's really nice and then they save the best for last the last part of the exhibit is a tng bridge recreation okay with all the stations of the tng bridge with well maybe a few extra seats to accommodate for the visitors i mean it's it's definitely a replica bridge right this was built from scratch it's not it's not screen accurate 
but it, it's pretty close. It's pretty darn close, especially for something that's going to be traveling. And it's and you still walk in onto the bridge, and you feel like you're walking onto the bridge of the Galaxy Class Enterprise. It's really exciting. The lighting also has to do, you know, plays a big part in it too. Can I just say that this is like the 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 part of this that I am the most jealous of? It was really exciting. I, that's and, my and the, bridge. The cool thing about it was that because I was there an hour early, I was able to sit in the captain's chair with like nobody around me. Yeah, we saw the picture that yeah, you tweeted out cool. from uh, from Priority One Pod. It's <laughs> I'm so jealous. It was super cool. It was really really cool. So what happens is that you sit at one of these stations, except for the captain's chair. The captain's chair doesn't have the, the panel, and the last thing you have to do is participate in the Kobayashi Maru simulation. <gasps> so you sit down and, you know, it's a touchscreen panel and you, you, you answer a hail and it's the Kobayashi Maru, they need help, and three Klingon birds of prey show up and you have to try to last the longest. You have to survive this, this attack, and you also have to save as many crew members as possible aboard the Kobayashi Maru. I managed to get about 103 crew members. Is that good? I, well, Henry, I think, or Henry's friend, Romulan Ale, our lead artist, joined me uh, for the second half of the day there, and he participated. And either he or his, or his friend got like thirty or something like that. So, so I'm I'm pretty proud of the fact that I was able to to to, to rescue a hundred. Oh, I almost forgot. One of the other things in command school is uh, phaser training. You pick up a phaser and it's a Wii remote, and you just shoot reticles on the screen, and you get the high score, or, you know, whatever. That was cool. There's a video of that too. But no, the piece de resistance was definitely the, the last part of the exhibit, which is you're aboard the bridge of the Enterprise. It's just it's just stunning. It's a nice finale. So after all of this, though, do you... Am I correct in thinking that you get sort of, like, sorted into your discipline? That's correct, not the right yes. word. There's yes. no sorting hat. There's like a... Sorting communicator badge. Right after you walk off the bridge, there's a panel that you walk up to. You touch your RFID wrist to it, and you get the results. You also get a copy, the a video copy of you being on the transporter. <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah. They send you a, a small little video clip of it. That now that's cool, and I know that this is a very minor point, but actually it's kind of major because usually those kind of little. If you ever go to, like, conventions and stuff, they usually have, you know, something fun like that. But, you know, you have to take your own picture or whatever. Or you have to, like, pay to get them to give it to you or whatever. But it's really cool that they give that to you as a souvenir. Yep, yep. So they give you that. They give you – they send you the picture. You can, you can like, alien yourself, like, make yourself into a different species. So you get into – in front of a camera and then you – like, I added a Borg, the Borg eyepiece to myself. They send you that picture. Is this to the transporter effect thing? No, this is separate. This is a separate oh, right, part right. of the exhibit. And then they send you a certification. And so with your name, and you know, it's a really nice little PDF that they send you. Uh, I am a communication specialist. Well, there's a shocker. There's. Why is that a shocker? No, I was being sarcastic. You spend your day talking. You literally spend your day talking. <laughs> <laughs> of course you're a communications officer. Yeah, I, I got communications followed closely with command and tactical. Well, the, again, you're a bit combative and you like to boss <laughs> us around. So perfect. <laughs> no, that's great. No, I was just going to ask you, okay, for that from that whole experience, what was your, what was your favorite bit? So this is unrelated sort of, to the actual Starfleet Academy Experience exhibit. Now, the, the exhibit is only going to be at the Intrepid until the end of October, right? Then it's going to go on tour nationwide, right, Through, throughout North, North America. So if you're in the city, if you're in the New York area or East Coast area, uh, you, you definitely want to check this out. Here's the thing that's not going to go with it that you're definitely going to want to do. And I don't know that many other museums or institutions are going to put this level of dedication and engagement with this exhibit. I had the opportunity of speaking with Mike, the head tour guide aboard the Intrepid Air and Space Museum. And Mike is a huge Trekkie. What Mike did was put together an actual tour of the Intrepid Air and Space Museum in character as a Starfleet officer leading a, a class of Starfleet cadets. 
So imagine if you will, right? You go to the Intrepid Air and Space Museum on any on any regular day. You can sign up for a tour guide, and they walk you through the Intrepid and you know key key elements and key artifacts and you know key historical moments aboard of, of what the Intrepid did during the during the World War II, et cetera, et cetera. But what Mike did was that he merged the exhibit, right? The the, the being in the in twenty four oh nine with actual history. So you're walking through the Intrepid led by a Starfleet officer in twenty four in the twenty fourth century. He mel- he melded actual history with Star Trek history, comparing, you know, the name Intrepid with Enterprise and the battles of the Intrepid. And then there's this one story that he put together. And how he managed to connect it with Star Trek lore is astounding. So I'm going to let's take this moment to listen to, to that interview with Mike that I did aboard the Intrepid. All right, Captains, I'm here with Mike, the senior tour guide here on the Intrepid Air and Space Museum in New York City, and I have just walked through the exhibit, and it is absolutely stunning. If you have the opportunity of coming to New York City, make sure you stop by here before October 31st. Halloween. Halloween, because then this exhibit will go on the road. Maybe it'll go to a city near you, and you'll be able to have the opportunity of uh, catching it there, but there's nothing quite like doing it aboard the USS Intrepid. So, Mike, thank you for spending uh, some time with me here. I, I understand that you really are the, the brains behind this, the, the encyclopedia that helped put this together. Uh, not the exhibit so much. I've certainly helped out with it. We've done a little bit, couple of other programs, though, I've been more heavily involved with that relate directly to Star Trek. Uh, one of the big ones is that, uh, you know, here you're graduating from Starfleet Academy. It's the premise behind this exhibition. Now that you've graduated, we have a tour we do of the ship, and the idea is you've been assigned to a starship called the Intrepid. Now, our oldest tradition on the Intrepid is before we let you beam up to space dock, you had to come here to New York to visit history's most famous Intrepid, the aircraft carrier. We do an in-universe tour of the ship as if we're talking to a group of Starfleet officers who are experiencing the history of Intrepid 400 years from now. That's fantastic. Now, uh, I understand that you you did help write some of the, you know, like, for instance, the panel, some of the exhibits. When putting something like this together... I mean, what hurdles do you face and, you know, what, what did the, the museum kind of have to do in order to accommodate for something like this? Well, I, for one thing, the exhibit is very, very large. It takes up a huge chunk of uh, space on Pier 86, so uh, physically setting up the uh, tent that it is inside of and building it was certainly a challenge, uh, one that we're very happy to, you know, overcome. Also creating the kind of atmosphere that really puts you in that place. You know, we want a full immersion experience, make you feel like you really are in the world of Star Trek. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that, but that is, of course, always a challenge. So let's walk a little bit through the exhibit uh, kind of from beginning to end. So people walk in through the main gate, they get these awesome little interactive wristbands. You know, what, what will they experience as they go through the exhibit? Well, the basic premise of it is it's career day at Starfleet Academy. So you're basically there to find out if you've got what it takes to become a cadet. As you go through, there are seven specializations, you know, everything from engineering to tactical to science to navigation spread across the exhibit. There are um, nine interactive zones where you're actually going to take part in some kind of activity. And then there's quizzes along the way and other kiosks. All these things are tabulated together. They use RFID bracelets to keep track of each person. At the very end of it, they tabulate all the data and tell you what your specialization could be. A couple of other fun things that come along the way with it, a species selfie where you get to add certain alien features to your persona, things like that. How long do you think the exhibit usually takes? What's uh... We're estimating about an hour. I think for the hardcore fan like you or I, it probably will be a little longer than that. There's a lot to read. One of my favorite things is a simple panel that's a timeline that runs from World War III up to the Battle of the Basin Rift and Data's death. For the very casual fan, maybe a little bit less time, but there's still plenty to do. There are clips from each of the different shows and each of the areas. Now, we've got a few things like uh, Star Trek Mission New York coming up and New York Comic Con, which will uh, run through New York City here in the next few months. Uh, do you anticipate a, a, this ultimately becoming the East Coast mecca until October? We certainly hope so. We certainly hope so. You know, we, we, we are ready to beam up anybody who would like to come check out the exhibit. Now, are you going to don a Starfleet uniform as you give a tour guide? Is that, have they green-lighted that here aboard the, uh, the Intrepid? It still remains to be determined. I'm quite not, not quite sure yet whether my role will be to be as a Starfleet officer or merely an histor- a civilian historian, you know, in a future Starfleet museum. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending some time and kind of walking me through what people can expect. Now, actually, one last thing I want to talk about is that, you know, one of the other uh, highlights here aboard the Intrepid is the Galileo. Now, that's not part of the initial exhibit, correct? 
It is not. It's in our space shuttle pavilion where we also have the uh, space shuttle, the actual space shuttle Enterprise on display. And now how can, I, I, was, I was informed by Molly when she, as she was walking me through the exhibit that at the end of the Starfleet experience, you will have the option of purchasing a ticket into the pavilion. What are, what are the options there? So the way that it works, when you initially purchase your uh, you know, admission for the Star Trek experience, you can also purchase admission to the museum as well as the pavilion. If you choose not to, you want to check out the uh, Star, uh, Star Trek exhibition first, you certainly can also do so afterward. So the options are always available. It's uh, an additional fee to visit the museum. Awesome. That's fantastic. There are discounts if you're going to do both. So at the end of the exhibit, attendees have the option of, of going back into the pavilion, and they're actually given a, a guide, a different tour. Uh, that you wrote, correct? Absolutely. Um, once you've completed the Star Trek exhibition down here, if you choose to enter the museum, you can purchase a ticket for a guided tour we're offering just while the exhibition is here called To Boldly Go, Welcome to the Starship Intrepid. The idea behind it is, having graduated the Academy, you have been assigned to a starship called the Intrepid in the late 24th century. Now, as part of that crew, the first thing you have to do is come here to New York to visit history's most famous Intrepid, the aircraft carrier, the Fighting Eye. The idea is we're going to lead guests on an hour-long experience through the museum as if it is the 24th century. We're going to talk about kamikaze attacks in World War II, comparing them to the tactics of the Jem'Hadar. We're going to talk about uh, the ways that aircraft carriers in the 20th century overlap in many ways with the missions, the jargon, the experiences of Starfleet in the 24th. Kind of working all this in together. There's also some powerful historical connections. The uh, very first ship named Intrepid in the U.S. Navy was originally a pirate ship in 1803 until the day it was captured by a U.S. Navy vessel called the Enterprise. And this running history continues through the exhibit, linking in many of the ships named Intrepid from throughout the Star Trek universe. Some folks back home may remember the Intrepid of the Constitution class that was destroyed with all hands by a giant space amoeba, only to be avenged by Spock and the Enterprise. That's fantastic. Now, I, I understand that it's your baby, right? That that, that uh, tour is... Uh is your brainchild. What, uh, what hurdles did you face trying to piece all that kind of stuff together? Well, the first one was, of course, the research. Uh, Memory Alpha was certainly a big help, as well as watching as many episodes as we could. Second one was finding guides to lead it. We have a great team of tour guides here at the museum. They are well-trained, but we needed people specifically interested in Star Trek. So I have my small but elite team of Trekkers who are going to be leading this tour. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Is there anything in your research you found uh, that kind of stands out, something that, that you... Or, or even... Something that you learned and were and and tied into Star Trek in a way that you're most proud of. Hmm. Okay, I'll give you one. Uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are probably familiar with how uh, Worf ended up part of Starfleet. Of course, uh, you know he is an orphan uh, in the ruins of uh, Kittimer after the Romulan massacre of that ill-fated outpost. He's rescued by a uh, Starfleet crew member named Sergei Roshenko. Roshenko serves on an Excelsior-class starship called the Intrepid. In the tour, we compare that to a group of intrepid sailors in the 1950s who signed up for an adopt-a-child program where they provided money for a small child, a poor child, in Greece by the name of George. And this is a true story. This is a true story. Uh, they took it above and beyond. Instead of just sending them the money every month when the family cow died, they brought George's family a new cow. They took up a collection on board. When he turned 16, they stepped into the role of uh, his father, purchased him a gold watch, flew him out to visit the ship. He wrote these beautiful letters back to the ship all through the next couple of years, talking about his foster fathers on the Intrepid, embracing that same spirit that Serge Oreshenko did all those years later. Wow, that is fascinating. That's that's mind-blowing that you were able to piece that kind of, tell that kind of story and, and link it to, to Worf. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's that's creativity that's research that's passion uh all rolled into one so that that that's certainly worth uh the extra ticket option so make sure that not only you visit the exhibit but that you also take part in that tour at the end all right captains well that wraps it up for this interview again mike thank you so very much for for chatting with me here it is super exciting and i can't wait for our listeners to experience it themselves it's my pleasure sir now again this tour is not part of the starfleet academy experience you have to sign up for it and it is a little extra financially but i think this is a little hidden gem i gotta tell you it was i i've been i've been you know i'm sure we've all been through our fair share of museum tours and you know, they, they can kind of be a snooze fest. This was not by any stretch, by any, by any stretch of the means. Not only that, but Mike was so engaging. He was so into it. He believed every word he was saying. It was infectious. It was infectious. I felt like a cadet walking through history and future history. It was just, it was, it was amazing. That sounds really, really cool. And it, it sounds like actually that the Intrepid is 
they're not just doing this experience. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, isn't there, about uh, around the 50th anniversary? Because I remember reading that they're they're doing you know some film screenings and they're also doing some overnight, like you could like you can stay in the museum. Yeah, something yeah. like you that. Can have so a night in the museum there. Yeah, yeah, which is which is so cool. It sounds like they're really going all out for the 50th anniversary. Absolutely, and you know one of the big things is you know they're targeting education right they want people to walk out of this kind of learning learning something they didn't know before right in, in some way shape or form as a matter of fact i had the opportunity of interviewing the president of the museum susan marinoff zausner why don't we listen to that quick interview all right captains i'm here with the president of the intrepid air and space museum susan Marinoff, yes. thank you so much for joining me and spending a little bit of time speaking about the exhibit. Thank you for being here and enjoying it yourself. Thank you for having me. So I would like to talk a little bit about um, the logistics about putting something like this together. What? First, tell me a little bit about the genesis of the project. You know, where where did the idea stem from, and how did it develop into something as grand as this? You know, we had been approached by the production company who was sourcing out where to start this in the United States, and um, I think for what we all saw as a natural connection. Uh, we wanted very much to engage and see if this was something that we could put together. And so from a business aspect, it probably started more than 18 months ago or about 18 months ago. And it was about um, seeing what kind of space we physically needed here at the Intrepid in order to make this the right type of exhibit. Um, it was about how um, how are the connections made between STEM, STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, and Star Trek, which were very obvious and, um, and exciting to us because it's so much about what we tried to do to excite kids um, into those fields and so that was that was very much the genesis of it and then um, putting something together that had never been done before was definitely a little bit scary I'm sure for all parties but EMS has had a lot of experience in building out these types of exhibits um, again it was only uh, a seedling for what became Ottawa as the first launching pad too um, but everything's a little bit it's similar but it's a little bit different being here in New York and uh, and we have an incredible team that just worked like crazy to make sure this could happen now, what type of outreach are you hoping to do in terms, not just in the community, but perhaps even the tri-state area? Um, you know, how do you hope that this will reach out to education, both young and, and higher ed? You know, there's no hidden secret. This is one of the most amazing pop culture icons that there are. And so for us to be able to um, work with Star Trek, the Starfleet Academy, to attract what are multiple demographics, parents, um, teenagers, smaller kids alike, for all different reasons, right? So the parents are those that perhaps remember the series or have seen the movies and just are loving it, fascinated by it. There are those that um, may not have seen all the series, but they want to just come and experience what is a cool exhibit. And then kids today who are just so engaged with technology, as we all know, are coming here and they can enjoy all the different stations of technology, but also learn a little bit about the history or the, you know, the metamorphosis of how it came from what was the series into reality. And that's just such an amazing um, story because, again, what will what will they have in 30 years that we don't even know about today? And so I think for us, I think the it transcends um, it transcends one particular demographic for sure, just for all of those reasons and more. Well, Susan, thank you so much for speaking with me a little bit about the exhibit. Uh, and again, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Enjoy. And again, I want to thank the president of the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum for taking some time to speak with me and, and, and talk about the impact that this exhibit will have uh, to New York City and, you know, the education around there. Okay, the one other thing I wanted to, to just ask you about. So you, you actually broadcast your experience live on Facebook. And I know this because I watched some of it and I was actually sat in a coffee shop in southwest England <laughs> watching you crossing the Hudson River on a ferry boat which was quite cool so where can our listeners go and watch that footage back now so everybody can visit facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast uh, it is right there available for everybody to view you know I did I did things from the I had started live streaming from the day before, giving everybody the heads up that I would be visiting the Intrepid. Uh, and then throughout the day, I went and, and broadcast live. You can watch a playback of those videos again on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. And, and this was really a, an experiment, right? You know, we've broadcast live before from places like Star Trek Las Vegas uh, with the help of, of folks like uh, Trek Radio. 
And last year we were fortunate enough to be able to do it on our own. And we want to be able to do that again this year at the Las Vegas convention coming up in August. So, captains, if you are not already following us on facebook.com forward slash priority one pod, you're going to want to because that's how we're going to be doing a lot of live streaming from the convention. Uh, and even after, you know, I, I think that, that Facebook Live is a, is a great centralized hub, more so than something like Periscope. And so we'll be using that heavily throughout Star Trek Las Vegas. We'll try to schedule some times that you can expect us to be live, but you count on it being more surprise, we're live kind of thing. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of uh, behind the scenes shenanigans. Correct, correct. And uh, hopefully make make everyone feel like they're there, even if Absolutely. they can't be there themselves. You know, that's something that we've endeavored to accomplish in this, you know, the last, this is now going to be the fifth year that I've been going to the convention as a, as a, as Priority One Podcast. And that's something that we've always wanted to shoot for, is to make you, the listener, feel as if you're there with us. You know, we want you to feel included and engaged. Uh, so be sure to follow us on social media because during that week, that's going to be the best way to engage with us. If you have questions, you know, I'm sure we're going to be have the opportunity to interview the devs again. Uh, while we're there and you know we have other things planned and we want and we want you to be a part of it so be sure to follow us on on facebook.com forward slash priority one pod or on twitter at priority one pod okay so finally a final question elijah where can our listeners find out more about the starfleet academy experience at the intrepid sea air and space museum so right now because it's at the intrepid visit intrepidmuseum.org and right on the homepage there, you will find a slider with uh, the Starfleet Academy experience. You can't miss it. Tickets are on sale. It's open as of July 9th uh, and will be there at least until the end of October. So if you're going to go to Mission New York, hosted by ReadPop, make sure that you take a day to visit the Intrepid. It's really, it's down the block. It is walking distance from the Javits Center. If you're going to New York, for the convention and you have any questions, be sure to reach out to me. You can email incoming at Priority One Podcast and perhaps we can even make a, an event of it. You know, get a group of people together to experience Starfleet Academy. It's it's absolutely worth it. And again, a big thanks to Ashley, Molly, Mike, and again, the president of the Intrepid, Susan Marinoff, for, for allowing me to visit his press and, and have access to this experience. Uh, this was amazing. And uh, it, it's certainly worth attending. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Elijah. That's. It sounds like it was a really great experience. And uh, hopefully our listeners will go and get a chance to experience it for themselves. If you do, tell them Elijah from Priority One Podcast sent you. Now let's get Mark in on the discussion and find out what's been happening this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Star Trek Online News, where Mark and I bring you the latest news of the week in Star Trek Online. The latest story blog, Aftershocks, picks up where the in-game story seemingly left off. Without being too spoiler-heavy, things didn't go well for our opposition, especially a certain alternate Bajoran, shall we say. Admiral Lita is back, and she isn't too happy. I don't think I would be either if my plans fell through with several ships that are now chasing me down. Her fleet seems to have turned on her and the Emperor calls him back, demanding Lita give up control of her ship. Well, until some serious space wizardry goes down and things blow up. The story certainly points out that they do have more to do with the recent temporal war than we had initially thought and that they will continue to be a threat in the future. Maybe the next story arc? Will we finally find out who that Emperor is? Next time on Star Trek Online. At least, I for one hope. All I know is, I think it's about time I got my captains away from Riza. So, can we talk about um, Mirror Winters? Yeah! <laughs> story? Yeah, yes. where did that come from? Uh, well, no, but he's been around a, a he bit, has been, hasn't he's he? has been mentioned once or twice before. Has yeah, I, I think we've heard about the normal version of Winters before, yeah. I guess in a way it's good that Mirror Winters is like Lita's lackey, right? Because it probably means that our version of Winters is actually a good guy. Does that make you Admiral Leah? <laughs> no comment. No comment. I'm curious where the inspiration came for that character. He seemed like a yeah. really interesting guy. 
Yeah, like, yeah, really, you know, clever, charismatic and all yeah. that. Sex yeah, appeal, yeah. you know, <laughs> just absolutely spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the mirror version of, <laughs> of Winters. So, yeah, I'm really curious where uh, the insp inspiration for that character came from. So that brings us to this week's community question. Do you think the Terran Empire will be the main focus of the continuing story? Who else would you like to see as the STO Big Bad? Good question. Well, here at Priority One Podcast, we've been speculating a lot about whether Agents of Yesterday and the console launch will be it for Star Trek Online's celebration of the big 50th anniversary. But this week, it's been teased that maybe we haven't seen the last of the goodies just yet. It was announced on Thursday that as part of a larger celebration, they'll be giving away Kelvin Timeline Admiral's uniforms. It'll be an account unlock, and you'll be able to claim it from the Promotions tab of the C-Store, anytime from the 21st of July through early on the 25th. That's just in time for the premiere of Star Trek Beyond, and it coincides with the dates of San Diego Comic-Con, which we already know is going to be big for Star Trek. However, listen to what the blog has to say. Quote, This year marks the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and we'll be celebrating the occasion in a number of ways. One of those ways involves the arrival of new content, inspired by the recently rebooted Star Trek film franchise. End quote. So this brings us very neatly into a part of Stone News that we like to call Rampant Speculation Hour. Hour, hour, hour. Or like five minutes. So, Mark Winters, let's have a little chat, shall we? So my first question is, let's talk about Kelvin Timeline goodies. What other stuff do we think that they are going to give away? For me, it depends if they got the rights for it or not. Yeah, it would be the uniforms from the new movie. You know, the, oh sort my of God. the turtleneck and the battle the suit. Oh, the flight uniform. Yes. The in, oh, do you know? And I'm was it the USS Franklin, that ship? You know, that little sort yes. of... Yes. Could be like a yes. tier one. That's the, like, the, the NX-alike, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or is that the one that gets destroyed? I don't know. Haven't seen the movie. Probably so. both. <laughs> yeah. Um... What about what about uh, crawls ships? Oh, the swarm ships. Or some ships. kind of like a carrier that mm -hmm. that has those as little pets. Could you imagine? Oh, what about the Narada? <gasps> so cool. I know we've kind of had a version well. of it, but the actual Narada, because we have the console. That's the big Romulan one, isn't it? Yeah, the Romulan Borgified thingamajig. Ah, uh, see, yeah, but that was like two movies ago. But still. Hmm. We now have the console for the mining laser. We kind of had it with that adapted Tal Shiar Destroyer thing imaging. Yeah, yeah. But the actual one would be cool. Maybe. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to that flight suit, though, because I really want that flight suit. I want oh, that flight suit in in actual real life. I I will be... I'll admit I'll be saving up for it. Yeah. Be or cool. if they have it at Anovos at Vegas. Oh. Credit card will just be getting slapped down. <laughs> <laughs> the credit card is going to be literally burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah, slightly. Uh, Winters, what about you? What do you think? What other stuff could they have? Ooh, <gasps> playable Jayla. Oh. Who's Jayla? What? 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 Jayla? The black and white lady from the film. Oh, from With the new the staff. one? Yeah, from the new film. All right, yeah. okay. Or, or a boff, special boff. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we've already had 0718, haven't we? But he was from Into Darkness. No, he... No, he was, he was from... 2009. Yeah. He was from oh. 2009. He wasn't in Into Darkness. I just had another yeah. thought. What? Can we get um, Zachary Quinton back in the game? I know he's already, like, started it off, but we need him back. Yes. Just that. Just that alone. <laughs> it's not really a giveaway, though. But, uh, to be For fair... Me it is. But we've talked about this before, actually, because the that one Kelvin timeline mission, mm. we could revisit that. And it sounds like, I mean, I'm totally reading between the lines here, mm -hmm. but, you know, it sounds like they've got a bit of a deal going on with Paramount. Yes. And I would love to see some more of that, you know, shiny, cool mm -hmm. looking content. I the lens for I, content. Yeah, Captain Gecko really needs to help me out with the headcanon here because I'm struggling to get to understand how I'm going to integrate 
that stuff into my prime universe character but you know we'll, we'll get there I'll, I'll figure something out I'm sure well what okay. they've said is I think is that the Hobus star mm -hmm. on Supernova or the Hobus incident has mm -hmm. not only ripped a hole in space but also a hole in time and mm -hmm. my take on it I, I could be wrong about this but it sounded like that where the Hobus star was you can now travel between the two mm-hmm that was right. my take on it. Awesome. And I'm wondering, are they going to go down that path where, you know, like we go to um, the gateway to go to the Janolan Dyson Sphere or the Solonet Dyson Sphere? Are we now going to go to the Hobostar and go through this rip, not only through space, but through time into the Kelvin timeline? And Kelvin timeline expansion. The, mm, that might be a little bit too no, much. No, yeah. Okay, we, li we literally just had an expansion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean like now, I mean in the future. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, they might have some story missions, possibly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's where you go. I, I, I don't know. I suppose time will tell. Um, yeah. But that's... Uh, well, yeah, it's cool. I just, I'm so excited by the fact that, I mean... Clearly, it's deliberate. The timing is deliberate with the launch of mm -hmm. uh, of Star Trek Beyond. Uh, we've got, we've already got some Kelvin timeline content in there, the whole Kelvin lockbox. So you know, maybe we'll be seeing more stuff. I got my lens flare treble today. Oh yes, I've seen it. I have it's it. It's got built-in lens flare. It has, and <laughs> I want awesome. it. <laughs> Where did you get it from? I will tell you later how we got it. Oh okay. Well, Big. I can kind of tell you the now. You need to do that mission we were talking about. And right. when you're on the bridge yeah. of the the Yorktown Connie. Okay. Before you beam to the the sphere. Okay. Like d deny the option to beam over. Go to the back of the bridge and one of the consoles is actually a replicator. You right. get a slushel mix. Okay. Because that's in the game as well, a consumable bit of food. And then just one of your tribbles eats it and pops out the Kelvin timeline trouble. <gasps> Ah. It's so right. crafty that they put it in. I'm going to be doing that after we're finished recording. Because mm -hmm. I've seen some people with it and I've gone, how did they get it? Because it's, so it's cool. lens flare-tastic. And blue. And... And blue. Yes. Okay, anyway, we're, we're getting way off topic, right? Okay. So we talked about the Kelvin timeline. Now, we've had this new expansion and the new TOS-style missions. So what else... Do we think we might be seeing from the original series so this is we're, we're talking about you know they've teased us with we're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary okay fine so we've had the expansion what other tos stuff do we think we could see i know that uh captain gecko has said that there will be more tos uh items coming at some point so i think either we're going to get some new missions or I would love to actually have them make use of that sector space because you know mm -hmm. they've built this whole they've built the whole, whole sector map. space map, they've built mini ESD, ESD. they've bo they've bothered to put vendors in and stuff. I would love to be able to go back as a social hub and be able to go and hang out there. So I'm I'm I, that's what I really want. And here I thought I, I was trolling by saying more more TOS content. That's what I was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, and you know what? There was a lot of denial when when it first came out, and we and a lot of people were asking, you know, oh, is this only six missions? And people were saying, no, no, it's not only six missions. And then, and then we've seen, you know, there's a sort of twenty fifth century content, and da 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 da. I, I'm still holding out hope that there's more twenty third century content. Somewhere. I'm still holding out. Yeah. But I think you brought up a very uh, interesting point there. They have essentially an entire quadrant yeah. that they have made and yep. realistically it's for what 10 missions yeah mm -hmm. they cannot leave it for just 10 missions I it seems a bit of a waste yeah I really hope that they come up with some way to let us go back there and you know have missions that you can go to and explore that entire quadrant because it, it is over far too quick and they put a lot I, of work into that, and it would be a I, I terrible just, waste. I'm so excited. Wait, I just had a thought. 23rd century foundry. Ooh. How exciting I mean, would that be to open that up for foundry uh -huh. missions? And have all the film green over them. 
yeah, film grain and all the all the TOS assets. Mm-hmm. I mean, boy, that might be a pie in the sky, like zero, zero. Uh, but <laughs> where are you? Um, yeah, that would be uh, amazing. Okay, well, great. Thank you, Mark Winters. That was an excellent rampant speculation hour. We should do, we should definitely do it again. It was fun. Yeah. No. Uh, should we move on to patch <laughs> notes, though? If we must. Okay. Well, we actually had two patches this week, and they were mostly around the playability of Agents of Yesterday. So a few of the big ones you should know about. If you were having trouble using XP bonus pools on your 23rd century characters, that should now be fixed, which is great. It's just in time for the bonus XP week. There were also a couple of minor bugs in the tutorial that have been resolved, although they were mostly cosmetic. 23rd century characters should now be able to enter Ryza as normal. Last week, uh, you would have had to get there through the transwarp available in the calendar, which I just want to talk about for a second because this is something I didn't know. And stop me if it's obvious to everyone else, but I was desperate. I'm going to stop you to right there. It, it, you beat me to it. <laughs> Such a pain. (laughs) For our listeners to whom it is not obvious, um, because I actually got stuck and I couldn't get my 23rd century character onto Ryza and I was really upset because I wanted to do the whole, uh, you know, the the special retro swimsuit on her. Um, You can actually transwarp to Ryza through the calendar, which I did not know before, and it works uh, exceptionally well when you're stuck. But moving on, uh, the rather hilarious, congratulations, you are now a Delta recruit audio has now been removed <laughs> when you get your temporal transponder that gave me a little chuckle when I got it but um, might be a little confusing for uh, newer players some other systems fixes came out this week as well there were some minor fixes to how temporal agent rewards were given out uh, and then there was one really big one there were a couple of ships this is the tier 6 temporal battle cruiser the fleet version of that one and also the tier 6 fleet temporal escort now no longer have the ability to cloak so sorry if you enjoyed that bug but it was never intended for them to cloak so that's now been removed and then there's one other issue that's been fixed Uh, it was across both of the days of the two patches the 23rd century characters were unable to see or play the episode temporal front but it should now work as normal For full links to the patch notes and to see if your character might be affected by any of this week's changes, we'll leave a link in our show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO279. And again this week, like every week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PW and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's some of the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. Al Rivera at Captain Gecko tweeted, Cryptic is a pokey spot. Road trip. <laughs> Actually, we need to uh, we need to find out, you know, whether they've got any special ones out there. Slammy Inferno at Slammy underscore Inferno tweeted: Beer, cider, and cupcake team celebration about to begin at Trek Online Game. Thanks to the team and the community. This was for the launch of Agents of Yesterday. There's a very really nice picture that goes with it as well. Right. Anyway, Hector Ortiz at Sandman nine seven nine tweeted. This is a declined concept for Agents of Yesterday's D5 Klingon ship. It's quite cool. What's it look like? What's what's different about it? It's elongated and gappy and just it's very nice. And there's a couple others that go with it. Like version 2 and version 3. It's, his Twitter is definitely one to watch out for for concept art for STO. Cool. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. If you are in the market for a lifetime membership, they are currently on sale for just $199. And just a heads up, the Rise of Summer event finishes early on Thursday, the 21st of July. And following on just after, there's an upgrade weekend scheduled for the 21st through the 25th. Of course, as always, events are subject to change without notice. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online. That's it for this week's Star Trek Online News. Now let's check in with Henry, aka Romeo Neal, for this week's Fan Art Review. Hello Captains, this is Henry, aka Romulan Ale, with this month's Star Trek Fan Art Review. This month, I'd like to focus on things that might help aspiring Star Trek fan artists in getting started. 
I've got some great drawing tutorials from dragoart.com to share, as well as some great free printable coloring book pages from activitysheets.com. Dragoart.com is a great community of artists focusing on creating tutorials for others. They have an extensive collection of sci-fi tutorials including several featuring Star Trek. All of the tutorials are broken into a few easy steps. They show you how to break up objects like starships or figures into basic shapes. They then show you how to add in details and shading to end up with some really great drawings. The How to Draw Captain Kirk tutorial is a great example of how shading on a simple sketch gives your figures weight and dimension. They also have a simple 5-step tutorial on drawing the NX-01 from Enterprise. It's a great angle of the ship, and I can see how you could use this tutorial as a basis for drawing any of the different but similarly shaped Star Trek starships. I'd also like to share one more page of tutorials from DragoArt.com. They have a great section of tutorials on drawing sci-fi. Though not Star Trek specific, it could be very helpful in finding inspiration for your own drawings. DragoArt.com isn't just tutorials though, there are also plenty of artists posting and sharing their work. One such Star Trek fan artist is user Kat Lucker. She's done several great pencil portraits of various celebrities, including a pair of great images featuring William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Her rendering of Kirk's eyes really captures his spirit. I also love her drawing of Spock and Uhura from the Kelvin timeline. It shows a nice understanding of the character differences between Spock Prime and New Spock. Next I'd like to share a few resources for our younger aspiring Star Trek fan artists. These are great to share with your kids, nieces, nephews, or even just to print to complete on your own. Activitysheets.com has a great selection of printable coloring pages featuring Star Trek ships and characters. My favorites are the three ship scenes. They each depict a different angle of the TOS Enterprise around a comet or other small body. The scenes are very similar and could even be a series. I also really like the TOS engineering panel. It's a little different as it's a color by numbers, but I like the details in the panel. I hope these resources help to inspire you or someone you know to pick up a pencil, a crayon, or a brush, and have a little fun creating some Star Trek fan art. This is Henry, a.k.a. Romulan Ale. I'll see you next month, Captains. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, What's your favorite part of Agents of Yesterday? And is there anything that you don't like? David S. commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com Agents of Yesterday is great, but the 23rd century portion was too short, especially since I bought the pack to get all the ships and now I feel forced to fly around the 25th century and my 23rd century ships just to get the most out of the money that I spent. Yeah, I agree. That's really weird. There are some there's some weird oddities like why does my captain still have the 23rd century beam out? I mean it's cool, I like it, but she's flying around in a 25th century ship, so surely they have 25th century transporters, but you know, mm-hmm. this, it's this, okay. This thing. Yeah. This is a common opinion uh, I'm running into uh, from a lot of players in game that it was just over far too quickly. Big Mikey Ocho tweeted Stalking the hallways of K-13, hunting rubber-flying pancakes. <laughs> that was oh, fun. Yeah. I like the description as rubber-flying pancakes. It's pretty much what they were. <laughs> Small Yoda commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com. My favorite part of STO has always been the story, and this new expansion has reminded me of the days when the game was still new to me, and I was excited to see how the story would unfold, which I agree with. Yeah, I should probably play this before Vegas, shouldn't I? Yes, you really should. Or you're going to have to play it at Vegas. I guess I could do that. You could live live broadcast your playing of it. Oh, yeah. With us giving colorful commentary in the background. (laughs) It's not a bad idea. I know. Can we do it in a week? Can I go through all the content in a week? Yeah, Yeah, easy. You can do it in like a couple hours. Yeah. Let's do that. We can can twitch. Twitch. See, I am the brains behind this operation. Oh, God, we're doomed. Dragon Rider replied to our forum post The storytelling was great Everything was so well composed to support a great narrative in the TOS feel The visuals, music and sound effects were just the icing on top of a very well baked cake Game with the cake theme The only drawback to the expansion was that a couple of the missions were a little buggy Yeah, I came across one major bug in the battle for... Oh, what's it called? Procyon 5 That's the one 
when you were in, uh, I think it was the Tholian ship, and when you got to a certain hallway, you just died. Oh, yeah. Every time. You just come to this section in the hallway, and you die, and you cannot get past it. Fleet Admiral Harrison commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com, My favorite part of Agents of Yesterday is that Klingon war arc has now been mostly voiced over now. Do you know, this? the voiceover thing, they have done so much work because everything is voiced over now. Everything is voiced, 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 voiced. They want to get it sounding really nice. (laughs) Okay, Rihanna. Okay, next we'll be doing a rendition of Sledgehammer. Sorry, sorry, Rihanna. (laughs) And finally, Kurumi Morishita at STO underscore Morishita tweeted... Fun show again, and Kenna is right about the space Barbie stuff. Cool little smiley face. Fantastic Japanese and pew pew, by the way. Thank you very much. I worked really hard on that. What Japanese? Oh, because I said uh, arigato gozaimasu. We were talking in the bloopers. It was in the bloopers. You gotta listen to the bloopers, kids. I do. Well, that wraps it up for episode 279 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. Do you think the Terran Empire will be the main focus of the continuing story in Star Trek Online? And who would you like to see as the STO Big Bad? Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or shoot us a tweet at PriorityOnePod. You can even be as keen as Chris Keen and leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. It's free. Just click on the widget right on our homepage. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you're listening to us via iTunes or Google Play, please remember to leave us a review. And more importantly, help spread the word about the show by sharing it with your friends. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, L. To our writer and social media manager, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, as Maria DePost, and Gavin LaWarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Hey, there's a ghastly near me. Is there? Don't I'm gonna get jealous and then we're gonna (laughs) focus people. (laughs) It's hard, Winters. It's really, really hard. (sighs) Alright, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can I talk now? Yeah. It's totally set I was doing so well. (laughs) The story certainly fake fake what? That dog. We can't hear it. I can't oh, hear it. Oh, that's alright then. The story. <laughs> <laughs> the story. The story.
story. Story, yes, it's the bird that can't see, seemingly. If you were in the market for a lifetime sub, they are currently on sale. No, I'm going to say subscription because we're not talking about a submarine, nor are we talking about a sub sandwich. Lifetime Um, membership? It'd be lifetime sub sandwich would be really nice. Lifetime membership, yeah. Fleet Admiral Harrison commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com. My favorite part of Agents of Yesterday is that Klingon War arc has now been mostly voiced over now. Wow, bow, 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 bow. Yeah, I noticed that as I was playing through. But <laughs> I did got I miss nothing, that? man. Like, <laughs> why, why, did, why did you do that? <laughs> because I have nothing else to contribute to that comment. That's oh, okay. right. You just read it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to redo it? No, not weird. <laughs> Bum chicka wow wow. Bum chicka wow wow. That would be a real. That would be a really yeah. interesting Klingon war arc. The, the whole thing is like a running track in the background. Bum chicka wow wow. <laughs> like it would just be really weird. Fleet Admiral Harrison commented on Priority One back. <laughs> nope. Let's try that one again. Fleet Admiral Harrison Bum commented on Priority One Podcast dot com. My favorite um, part of wow, Agents wow, of Yesterday My favorite part of Agents of Yesterday is that Klingon war arc has now been mostly voiced over. To our writer and social that tongue is not working. And I'm distracted because my cat's like grooming herself. And like a second ago, I don't know if you saw, she like put a whole bunch of pluses like randomly. Oh, was that her? Yeah, yeah, that was her. She kind of leaned back on the plus. Maybe it was her that did the the intro thing. (laughs) No, she wasn't here, but yeah, possibly. Uh, I'm just going to start from the bloggers. All right.